a positive ID means that we are full-time all the time, not just with our lips, as I mentioned, but with our lives. I think the world needs to see show and tell. We've been talking about that, but it starts with the showing, doesn't it? So many times it's our lips that get out in front of the showing, our lives, but God wants the reverse. So thus this series that is so crucial, I believe, because I think this is where so many people get off track because you don't know who you are. So I've been saying something like this. Good morning. Good morning. My name is Nathan. I am a child of God. Grandson, son, husband, father, grandfather, friend, and pastor of some of the finest people anywhere. Yeah, that means you. You're not all on my favorites list, but a whole lot of you are. (laughs) I have a positive ID. I have a positive life-giving ID. I'm a representer. I live as a representer, a keeper, a winner, and today as an influencer. And next Sunday, finally, as a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. None of us have ever gotten in trouble following Jesus. It's when we've gotten away from him, huh? It's when we've drifted. That's when we've gotten in the weeds. Well, today, I believe that God has given everyone the gift and the reality of influence. But it's up to you and me. It's up to us how we use it, and even if we use it for his kingdom, for good, or even for evil, whatever the case may be. But it's all for his glory, It's all for his glory. Who was it? Ron Canoli saying, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Take my hands, take my feet, whatever the the rest of the lyrics are. With Nate off stage, I can't finish songs. I just start them. (laughs) It's true. Sometimes your mind just goes blank up here. Have you ever had that happen? You've been up front of people? Uh, last week or so, I, I was getting ready to repeat, you're a piece of, remember I said a work? And for some reason, the work word went out of my mind, and I was just, I was going through my notes to find out how to finish that phrase. Some of you already finished it for me, and that's not good. <laughs> but I'm gonna lace a couple of stories. I, I'm a storyteller, I love it. That doesn't mean they're lies, it just means I love to tell a true story. A well-known local pastor did a memorial And there was, and by the way, memorials and weddings are phenomenal times, dedications to reach people who don't know Jesus because they'll come and and they'll sit quietly, they'll listen during those times, most likely, without cell phone interruption. But there was a well-known businessman in, in attendance. He was also known for his public party life. He had quite a reputation Would you know that something in that message, in that memorial message of all things, really touched his heart spiritually and a couple of weeks went by and he called that local church and asked if he could meet with the pastor. He said something like this, I don't go to church, I'm not religious, the ceiling might fall in if I show up, but I do have some questions, I have have some things churning in me. Well, they ended up going out to eat at midday and ended up at a restaurant in the middle of the day that was just passed and the packed and the host of that restaurant said, are you willing to sit at the bar? And the man quickly answered yes. I mean, that's where he was really comfortable at the bar. He'd never met a bar he didn't know or like. 
At first, the pastor squirmed a bit and felt conspicuous and uncomfortable, but as he quickly focused on, on this man and totally engaged in the conversation, it was everything changed. He was oblivious to everything around him. And he believed in writing that he, they made spirit, significant spiritual progress in that conversation as, as the man just moved a little bit closer towards God. By the time this lunch was over and the pastor had returned to the church, there were two phone calls awaiting him from the non-members in the community. They had felt prompted to report the pastor of that church sitting at a bar with a well-known sinner. <laughs> they should have said something like this. We're just calling, up to, calling you up to tell you, we saw your pastor at lunch today with a hurting person and he was acting like Jesus. We are so glad he was with that man in that place. You should be so proud of him. Doing the Jesus things. Because it says in Luke 5, 31, Jesus answered them, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they're righteous, who keep all the rules, I'm adding, but I'm calling those who know they are sinners and need to repent. It's amazing, would you believe I still hear from time to time a, a report about, do you know so-and-so was in church and what they've done in the last week or month? I go, what better place for them to be than right here? No matter what their Friday or Saturday night was like, agreed? I believe that. Here's the point. If you said, which means, oh, you ought to be shouting that out by now. If you've said yes to Jesus, you've been to the cross, you're in relationship with Jesus, you are now a follower, talk about that next week. You're called to be an agent of change. You're called to be a divine influencer, again, because it's not about you. Your life is to point to him especially in unsuspecting, non-churchy kind of events. In this world, Jesus has called you to be an influencer for good, to be salt and light in this world. Does anybody here think that this world needs some serious salting and lighting? I've been saying all throughout this series, and Nate's gonna bring it home, Pastor Nate, next week. When you know who you are, you'll know what to do, and you'll do it, and it will impact lives. Because a world, a hungering, thirsting world is watching you if you claim the name of Jesus. So I wanna ask you, I can't answer this, but I wanna ask you whatever you may be. Are you an influencer or are you influenced primarily? I've heard it said this way, and I, and I agree with it, because you're either a thermometer or a thermostat, and the Lord knows we have enough thermometers around here. They say it's whatever. We need some thermostats, don't we, that are gonna set the temperature, set the tone. Yes? We need them at school, at work, in the home, in the business community, wherever. We need thermostats. Matthew 5.13 declares, you, like when I read it, me? 
Me? You are the salt of the earth. Who is? Who is? I am. But what good is salt if it's lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are, I am, we are, having said yes to Jesus, to a relationship with him, we are to be salt and light. That's be influencers in this world. As a child of God, this is what you're called to be. This be, did you catch it? That's what you're called to be, and that's what you're called to do. The context in which Jesus was speaking was, was that salt was a very, very important commodity. Agreed? I don't know how many things can you think of off the top of your head that salt does. What's it useful for? Jesus was speaking in a context when people were often paid for their labor in salt. Did you know that? At the end of the day, they'd get some cold, hard salt. Not cash, but salt, which maybe was good as. You have heard the phrase, he or she isn't worth their salt. Have you heard that? I hope that's never said of followers of Jesus, because by the way, I'll just throw it in, the way we work really represents him too, doesn't it? And I got news for you, God's really into us working. You hear me? Work is good. It's a good thing. Ah, have you heard this phrase? He or she, they're just like a, the salt of the earth. Is that a compliment or a criticism? It's a compliment. He or she's a good old gal or good old boy. I mean, not old, but old, O-L-E. There's a difference, you know. Let me paraphrase what we're talking about today. You didn't used to be, but now, having said yes to Jesus by the mercy and grace of God, you're a good old gal, you're a good old guy, transformed by a good God, and you are now to be a Christ-empowered influencer, impactor in this world for good and for God. It's not for goodness sake that we do what we do, it's for God's sake. We want him to get the glory. We want our lives to point to him. What are some things salt does? Can you think about them? Well, salt preserves and hardens your arteries. That wasn't in my notes. I just threw that in. See if you're listening. So I'll just say, you understand that. You're now a divine preservative, a preserver helping people find eternal life in relationship with Jesus. We're in this for keeps. I mean, this is serious, isn't it? Salt's used in purifying. I mean, just yesterday, matter of fact, I dumped two bags of Morton salt in my what? In my water tank. It's supposed to make things better. I've never dipped a cup in the salt tank and drank it straight, have you? Next time I get sick, I think I will. Oh, I like this one. Salt also creates thirst. Have you ever eaten something salty at night and all through the night you're drinking, 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 and then the step that follows? Your life is full of God's transforming love and it makes people thirsty for him. Looking at you, watching you, listening to you, it makes them thirsty for him. I was at Kingsway Christian School at the insistence of some of our teens and kids here. Pastor, you coming, you coming. So we were well represented. And the speaker, I can't remember his name offhand, he did a great job from Millersburg area, but he was talking about fostering and having 19 kids in their home and how a real tough gal, real tough gal, had no background, it was a mess, mess, mess. They were taking her over a weekend and extended, extended all kinds of time, but they took her to church 
and she'd never been there, but by the end of the service, tears were coming down, and she says, I think I want what you have. I want people to want what I have. How about you? I want them to want that. I mean, what our lives do to make them thirsty. Oh, I like this one. How about melting factor? God's love has so filled your heart that it begins to emanate heat and light and it begins to melt cold and hard hearts as they watch you. Maybe that you not do everything right, but you come back to them and say, you know what? I did not respond like Jesus in that situation and I want you to forgive me. How many of you know that can melt a heart of stone? So God uses the ups and downs and all in-betweens and then it heals Filled with the Spirit of God, you become a healing agent to take the message of hope to those who are hurting and are hurting others. Everywhere we look, isn't that true? That's our world. We can be influencers. Look at me. God has, listen, God has strategically placed you where you are for a purpose to represent him. Don't be griping about where you are. Just be faithful, because I think faithfulness is when God moves us on to the next step, if there is one, if you're faithful where you are. He wants you to represent him. I mean, he expects you to have an attitude that reflects Jesus, not to engage in the trash talk of your boss or company or whatever it may be, but to be a difference maker. I've often heard from business people in years gone by that say some of my best hires, I don't have anything to do with Christianity, but some of my best hires have been people that are sold out and love Jesus because they're so dependable and honest and they, they're uplifters and they build up our company. Oh, may that be said of us, yes. Matthew five fourteen. you are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. How do you know that light can be seen for a long, long way? The darker it is, the further away you can see that light. God wants your life, your light, to be on a stand, radiating so others can see. Because you know what? Light to me, emanates hope. Yeah. Of course, I know someone said, I've seen the light at the end of the tunnel and it's a locomotive. That's your language, yeah. you know? In Palestinian homes, you can read that typically there was one window and when darkness came, a candle was light, lit to lit the, light the interior of the room and it was quite a process so if they would leave, they would put a bowl upside down, that bowl had a hole in it so the candle could breathe and, and stay lit they would never cover the candle when they were in the house. I don't know if anybody remembers singing as a child, but like, don't let Satan it out. I'm gonna let it shine. You know, there's some really good theology in that simple little child song. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. As followers of Jesus, as influencers, we are never to cover up the light of his presence shining in and out of our lives because the world needs to see that light because they're groping in the dark. And verse 15 says it again. I think it is 15 or maybe I got the verses mixed up but I'll, I'll read it what I have. In the same way, let your good deeds shine for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. Who does it go to? 
pass it on up, the praise. As a follower of Jesus, you are the salt of the earth. You are, I am, we are the light of the world. The hope of the world is Jesus. That's who we're pointing to. The world needs salt because it's so hard, it's so impure. The world needs light desperately because it's so dark. You don't run from the dark. You just shine in it and you shine on it. Huh? When you're a little like me, did you ever try to outrun the dark? Am I the only one? I can remember where we live, the landing, the light switch. And I'd always, I don't know why I did it. It always scared me, but I'd turn the light pitch black at the bottom of the stairs and I'd try to run up the stairs before it got dark. The dark beat me every time. <laughs> there was a light switch I could turn off the button. I just thought I could. Mine is not a happy story. <laughs> that competitive nature, I guess. You don't necessarily run from impurity, and I'm not talking about engaging in it, but you influence it towards change because of the light in your life. I am a child of God. I am the salt of the earth. I'm the light of the world. I mean, it's different when I stand in front of the mirror and start saying these things, agree? That's positive identity if there ever was. I am a Christ-empowered influencer. My life is impacting others. My life is making a difference. I believe that everyone within the sound of my voice, your life is impacting others. Would you agree with that? Your life is impacting others in some way. And what a privilege it is to bear the name of Jesus. What a privilege. This is who you are as a child of God. This is what you're called to do right now, where you are. Turn on the light now. In the very dark situation, Those of us that know and love Jesus, we have not, no excuse in a difficult circumstance for not being givers of light, for not being salty. Be about the Father's business. I pray that this truth will be driven deep, deep, deep into your heart and mind today. So I'll say it again, and I recognize you could extrapolate this. You could say, eh, I don't know if it's true, but, but I believe it's mostly true that you are either influencing right now or you are being influenced. Again, I equate this to the light. Wouldn't you agree that when you turn on light, it greatly influences the darkness? What would, would, could you say that? When you introduce salt, it greatly influences the taste it's no mistake that he says, this is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to be. So maybe we need to go back to Sunday school or go for the first time and say again, number one, our most simple task is to let our light, to let your light shine. Won't burn out. Doesn't use Duracell batteries. It's powered by the Holy Spirit. It'll continue to burn. 
as professing, possessing, and practicing Christians, followers of Jesus, you don't need to force your light to shine. It's just natural. You just let it. Light, I'm going to count three, and I want you to shine. No, lights just shine. Agreed? How about your light? But, Pastor, you don't know the circumstance I'm in. No, I don't, but lights shine better in darkened places. Wow. Well, I'm not going to go into depth as I have in my notes, so bear with me. I know you bear, bear with me every week in the tech room. Thank you for your bearing with me. But I'm just going to say that, that uh, in Acts, and, and I'll come to it, and I, I think I want to share more about it at another time, but an example of that is that you remember Paul and Silas, when they were in prison, it was totally unjust, unfair, but in the middle of the night, they decided to have a worship service. And the thing that really caught me there in, in 1625 of Acts is that while they were praying and doing those things, singing, the other prisoners were listening and probably they weren't watching because it probably was too dark for them to watch, but they were listening. And the rest is history of what happened. And I'll, I'll come back to that at another time. But they were in, Paul and Silas were in a very, very dark place. And like the moon that only reflects the, radi- uh, the radiation of the sun, that's exactly what they did. They were reflecting the Son of God at midnight. Right? The moon doesn't shine on its own. It reflects light. True? Scientists, help me out. Andrew's down there fact-checking me right now. So if you're a follower of Jesus, if you said Y2J, if you're a Christian, not Christian, hey, I'm Christian, but I am a Christian, a follower of Jesus, if your light isn't shining, then I guess a couple of things could be the issue. Number one, you're hiding it, or number two, you're allowing Satan to blow it out. Neither one is good. If you hide it behind your back, your backside's gonna get burnt by the light. Allow God to ignite or reignite your passionate fire. I am a follower of Jesus. I'm a positive ID. I wanna represent him. I, I wanna be an influencer. I, I'm being transformed by him. I'm not done. I, I'm not perfect, but I'm on a journey getting better. It's your privilege and responsibility to represent and reflect him in everything you do, no matter where you are, even when you're driving your vehicle down the road. We need a road rage revival, don't we? Seriously. I mean, between here and the church, if I do something dumb and aggravate somebody, isn't a wonderful witness when I pull in the church parking lot on Sunday morning after I've gotten angry at somebody? Coming from a place of prayer, oh God, cover this weekend, and then I get an attitude because somebody pulled out in front of me. Oh, I'm meddling now. That has nothing to do with being a follower of Jesus. Well, I just beg to differ because it's where we get, when we start compartmentalizing our light. Well, I'm mostly light, but I'm dark in this area. That's gonna bite you. Agreed? You just let the Holy Spirit into every place. Nothing is hidden. Nothing is held back from you. No thing. Nothing. I'm all in. All out. People are watching you. Would you allow God to ignite, set on fire? You get ignited when you go to the cross. Some of you need to get reignited out of the deep weeds and back on the track. 
I read a story of Eric and Jeff, and they were happily married, and she was serving on a staff at a very life-giving church, and at 38, Jeff, her husband, had an absolutely massive, catastrophic heart attack. For several minutes at the scene, they had nothing, couldn't get anything until the paramedics arrived. They resuscitated him and worked on him literally between there and the hospital on the way. They worked on him for 90 minutes, giving him CPR and shock. I mean, it just all in, all out. When the pastor, the people began arriving for a pray now session, they didn't call it that, but we do, to, to pray on location. They said, I can pray where we are, but they just started showing up at the hospital. Can you imagine that? They just started showing up. But they were told by the medical staff, things look more than bleak. It's just all but hopeless. And if he did survive, it would be with severe, severe, severe brain injury and damage, I should say. That pastor and, and the people didn't let go. They held on to a prayer vigil, that pray now, pray now moments anyway, and the people just kept pouring in. And would you believe that Jeff responded by God's supernatural touch, and within 10 days, he was home, and in two weeks, he was back at church standing beside the pastor, standing tall to the glory of God. No brain damage, absolutely miraculous. Now, God doesn't always do that in the same way all the time, and we can't box God in, but he did it then. But that's not the rest of the story. The story goes that because uh, on that the hospital staff was so profoundly impacted by this undeniable persevering prayer and the miracle, by the salt and light, the saltiness of the people of that church crying and praying and caring and loving so well, their hearts were touched and many of them were in tears and they saw these people keep it going for days on end. They'd never seen anything like it. Because hospitals and medical facilities can be such lonely places, can't they? But Don was one of those on the staff that was so deeply touched. Listen to this. He was kind of a hard dude and crusty, but he came back to witness the outpouring love on his day off. I mean, he'd just done a couple 12s, and he was so touched by that love being outpoured, he wanted to come back and see what was happening. He wanted to see the people. He wanted to know what was going on, what the status, what the update was. He came up to some of them, engaged in conversation. He said, you guys are church people, aren't you, right? They said, oh, yes, we're Jesus people. He said, which church can I come? Can I visit? And he did, and he began to attend regularly, and God got a hold of his heart, and it was all because some Christians used their influencers. They were being salty, and they were being light, and light shone so naturally because that's just what it's intended to do. You got it? I've been in hospital facilities. I've been doing this for 40-some years, and I can remember, I mean, the staff, nurses and doctors, they've seen so much for so long, but I've seen tender God moments where I've just looked around, I've looked up, and I've seen staff and doctors with tears trickling down there. How many know there's still the power of testimony as God works and touches hearts and lives? You have a story. I love it. I would just say that in response to that Acts story, and you can read about it in 26 or 28, they began to worship, and you know what? Just like this morning, when they worshiped him and exalted him, God showed up powerfully. How many of you know, worship isn't our idea, it's his. We don't have to beg him to come. He shows up when we truly worship him. Man, all kinds of things happened, and they tell us that maybe the whole church in Philippi started from the jailer and his family coming to faith. I first heard this well-worn phrase by John Maxwell years ago where he wrote something like this, or said it, probably both. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. It's still truth. That's how, you be, that's how you're salt. That's how, you, that's how you spread light.
It's amazing what can happen when you see darkness as an opportunity to turn on the light of love and just shine. Because the light of Jesus is, you can't extinguish it. Dixie and I made a commitment just in our neighborhood. Not sure if my neighbors are here tonight, today, but they may be online. But our whole goal of being there is uh, we just want to represent Jesus very well. Not as Joe Pastor, but just as very real people that love them and their families and their kids. Yeah? And today they're all going to be blown away when three to 500 of you show up at our home at 5 o'clock. So don't worry, we're just going to have church. We're doing home church on the lawn right here, right now. Before you turn on the light and shine it in the darkness, you've got to be securely grounded in your faith. You can't shine a faith that you don't have. Let your light shine and bring people to the love and goodness of God. And finally this, just know that your influence changes lives. You don't. God does through your influence. Through your faithfulness, through your consistency, through your just showing up, showing up, showing up. Through the testimony. Remember last week, the blood of Jesus for sure, but, but the word of your testimony, God just keeps showing up and he turns hearts and heads because people are hungry for significance nowadays. How many of you know that's true? They've been chasing this and chasing that, come up empty, empty. Maybe some of you today, you've been chasing, chasing. That's because you're looking for Jesus. You just don't know it. And people will say, I've seen your life and I've heard you. I've seen you worship in the midnight hour, and I've seen your unwavering faith. I've seen your apology. I've seen your good reverse gear when you've had to back up. How can I be saved? How can I get what you have? Salty lives create thirst. Get salty. I can see some of you at lunch today, man. You're just going to unload that table saw. I'm not talking about that. If we were as salty on the inside as we are physically because of all the salt we put in, we'd probably a lot be, be a lot healthier spiritually, wouldn't we, and physically. Well, I believe in salt and light living and influencing, and I believe it happens over time when people aren't even aware of it. I've told you... Uh, version of this story, but I want to tell you again, we have so many new people, but I grew up with this reality. My parents believed that we could be difference makers with Mrs. Searfoss, as disturbed as she was. They believed if we acted like Jesus and not like everybody else, that that could create a hunger in her life and that we needed to respect her. But my mother and her two sisters, my mother was Wilma, Melva, Aunt Melva and Faith, all in heaven. Maybe the Lord let them see a little bit of the worship and experience that today here. They were salt and life in my Uncle Ray's home for many years. He got messed up when his dad died at 37 years of age, a strapping farmer. His appendix burst, and within hours he was dead. And my uncle was so bitter and hateful, and he tormented the girls, but they never stopped showing and telling their love for Jesus. They never stopped, never stopped, never stopped. And I got tired of it, frankly, as a kid. Oh, every meal, every meal at dinner, every family devotion, pray for Uncle Ray, Uncle Ray. And I just, I just almost rolled my eyes inside. He wasn't interested. He knew better. He knew it all, but he wasn't interested. 
But I've told you before that in his late 60s, he became quite ill and his back was against the wall and he turned to the God he knew about but didn't know. Did you hear me? God met him in that old farmhouse. I could take you to the place on the kitchen floor and that was his Damascus moment like the Apostle Paul, his Y2J moment. And when he got up, he was a changed man and his life began to go in a whole new direction for the only remaining months that he had left. The consistency of my mother and her sisters over time, not only loving him, but loving his wife, loving his kids, and loving the grands, what they did, they never gave up. And I remember the joy, unspeakable joy, when Uncle Ray called them to tell them about his encounter with Jesus and resurrection power now unleashed in his life. And every one of his kids tumbled into the kingdom thereafter. And he's got grandkids in ministry. Isn't that incredible? That's resurrection power. I am, you are a child of God. You know what to do. Keep doing it day in, day out, moment by moment. God created you and called you and he wants to use your influence to be an impactor, to make a difference. You are an influencer in the name of Jesus. And it's not in here, it's as we go out through the doors today, we're entering the mission field. That's where God wants us to shine. That's where he wants us to be salty and create thirst. Keep doing it, keep doing it. Hey, hey, just woke somebody up. You're not just a regular Christian. You're not a just, you're a child of God, salt life, influencer, difference maker. Keep letting his light shine through you into the darkness. You know who you are, you know what to do. And I believe you'll keep doing it and precious people will be influenced toward the kingdom of God, a kingdom that will never end through the likes of you and me. If you've said Y2J, you are a child of God and you now live as an influencer full time, all the time, as a keeper, a masterpiece, as a winner, an overcomer, and as an influencer for the Lord Jesus Christ. What a privilege. I love it when this happens. My friend Dave Bond sends me texts every week like he sends some of you. And this one that I got yesterday or whatever said, you have no idea the number of people God may want to influence through you. Just happened to go with exactly what we're talking about today. How many know God's good? He loves you. I want you to stand if you can, if you care to. Let's pray. The altars are always open. The first step, you can't be salty and you can't be a light unless you've been to the cross and said yes to Jesus. We say that all the time and we say it quickly, but boy, oh boy, you, you're like my Uncle Ray, some of you. You know all about Jesus, but you don't know him because you've never entered into a relationship. You gotta take that step and you gotta go public with it. You can't be an influencer in the dark. You can't be salty in the dark. And I encourage you to take that step. Some of you are far, far from where you used to be. You, you've been hiding the light. You've let Satan blow it out. Circumstances have been blowing it out. But I want to tell you, he wants to ignite that or reignite that today. If you'll just say, palms up, here I am. Nothing held back. So our altars and stairs are always open. You can pray privately. People can help you as well. But if you pray in your heart, you need to tell somebody about what you've said before God. You need to go public with it. Father, thank you for your help. I so sense your spirit and your presence in the service today. I thank you for the worship that's all to you and it's all about you. And I thank you for your anointing on those who lead us into worship. 
And Father, we want to be so convicted. Not, we're not condemned by a message like this. We're convicted that we want, we want your light to shine because our world so needs to see it. We want our lives to be salty so other people will get thirsty and say, I want what you have. May we get serious and realize that there's nothing more important. Nothing is better than this. Nothing, nothing. No thing will ever take the place of that life-giving, life-changing relationship with you. Thank you for providing love and grace and relationship on the cross when you did all you did. All we have to do is come and, and confess and repent and turn from our sin and turn to you and say, God, here I am. I want you to be Savior. I want you to be Lord of me. I give you all of me, and I'll be your ambassador, your influencer. You said I'm a winner. You said I'm a keeper. You said that I'm an influencer, and I want to do it all for the glory of God. And it's in the name of Jesus that I pray all these things. And everybody said, amen. As we go a different directions, I want to tell you again, it's so easy to flip a switch and then we're out and about, but if, if you're doing spiritual business at home, here, wherever, just take some moments, spend some time in prayer, come alone, come with others, ask somebody to pray for you, seek out a pastor, and we love to do that. We love to do that. Nate, just as we linger, do you have something that's real simple you can just sing a little bit of, sing a little bit, just kind of hover in that frame. Am I a thermostat? Am I a thermometer? Who am I in? Who's watching my life?